Welcome to the Wish Well Podcast, a women's integrative summit on health and wellness. A podcast hosted by Dr. Michelle Dang, a board-certified anesthesiologist and pain management physician with additional fellowship training in integrative medicine. This podcast will feature weekly episodes with women from all walks of life discussing their health and wellness journeys. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Michelle Dang with the Women's Integrative Summit on Health and Wellness, the Wish Well podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. For those of you who may not know, this I will be posting this the day before Lunar New Year, so it will be a Lunar New Year's Eve. This year is the year of the ox, and interestingly, my son was born on the year of the ox, in the year of the ox, so it will be his year, which supposedly is not super lucky for it to be your own year, but Hopefully he will have a good year and super exciting to have all the celebrations. Obviously, this will be a little bit different this year because of the pandemic. In previous years, we would all get together, have a lot of sticky rice and mung beans, which is one of my favorite Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year foods. I always like to eat it with pickled radishes. It's so delicious and also pass out lucky red envelopes that contain money. Back when I was a kid, I probably enjoyed Lunar New Year way more than Christmas just because as as a kid when we got a little bit older, we realized how great it was to receive money and not toys. And so that was my favorite part because I would go to my extended family. Uh, we would go to uh, my grand- grandparents' houses and all my aunts and uncles would just give me all this money and the red envelopes. And so it was great as a kid. But then as an adult or when you have kids as a kid, I guess, in the family, um, you no longer receive the red envelopes. Your kids do. And so that's, you know, as you get older, you don't get all the gifts and the toys, but Anyways, if you do celebrate Lunar New Year, I hope that you all enjoy your time and um, stay safe, obviously. This week's episode is episode number 56, which is entitled Self-Love and Acceptance, and this is with Dr. Moosley LeBlanc. I really enjoyed recording this with her. We recorded the week before Christmas, so it's been a bit, but I had such a blast recording with her. She is so fun. I will be posting the actual video to the recording on my YouTube, which is also Michelle Dang MD. And so if you want to see us in action and uh, laughing, um, then definitely go check it out. And so Dr. LeBlanc is also known as Dr. Mo, and I'll just get right into it. She shares her story of burnout as a physician, as a driving force for her to look into becoming a relationship coach. She calls the way that she practices as a lifestyle architect, which I actually love this phrase. Basically just finding all the pieces of the puzzle for each person. She also discusses in this episode what energy medicine is and how to utilize that to complement traditional medicine. She discusses her shift to aspects of complementary medicine as a means of practicing her own self-love and acceptance. She says in the episode that the power of self-love reflects our relationship with ourselves, our body, our partners, and even our money. 
Self-love is the foundation of all healing. And acceptance is having compassion for yourself despite the imperfections, which she says is difficult for high-achieving women. So I hope that you all do enjoy this episode. She also says FEAR. She has an acronym for FEAR, which is False Evidence Appearing Real. And so I thought that was very, very interesting. So this was a super fun episode. I really think that you can glean a lot of little tidbits from it, which I think is really interesting for me personally, just because I've been doing a lot of reading about self-love, self-compassion, and and we talk about it a lot, especially in this day and age. But I think the more that we talk about it, um, you know, the more it becomes a little bit more natural, even though for many of us, many of us women, it, it is still a little bit unnatural for us to practice that self-love and self-compassion. Dr. Mo also published a book, which is called Unleash the Healing Within. So definitely check her out. Uh, the website is unleashthehealingwithin.com, so you can check that out in terms of her book. You can connect with her on Facebook, Moosley LeBlanc, and then on Twitter at LeBlanc underscore Mo, and on Instagram at Dr. underscore Mo underscore LeBlanc. I will be posting her full bio on the Wishwell blog, so check it out there. You can also check out on our Instagram, uh, wishwell.health, and you can also reach out to me on Instagram at MD. Remember to always leave a rating review if you like what you're listening to. A lot of really fun episodes coming up as well, so definitely stay tuned every week for new episodes. I will hopefully be posting a solo episode soon. I don't know when, and uh, I will talk to you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Michelle Dang with the Wishwell Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Moosley LeBlanc. I think I pronounced it right. <laughs> she goes by Dr. Mo. We are recording on video as well. And I will definitely add the links to that if you want to watch us chat on video. Otherwise, this will all be audio. So we might not see our, our fun gestures and everything. But anyways, welcome. And I'll call you Dr. Mo because I think it's super cute. Welcome, Dr. Mo. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Dang. So excited to have you here. Okay. So today's episode, we are going to chat a little bit about self-love and acceptance, but before we get into all of that, I definitely want to hear a little bit about your personal journey and why you picked those words and those phrases for today's episode. So, you know, I had a complete change of life. I think it was 2015, 2016. you know, everything was going well. You know, I was the director of cancer rehab at a major Ivy League institution. We had bought a house. I had had a baby several months ago and, you know, everything seemed to be doing great. And then things started to fall apart in my marriage. And that was when everything changed because once things weren't good at home, all of a sudden things weren't good anywhere else, right? Mm -hmm. I was like irritable at work. I mean, I remember the day that I yelled at um, one of my medical assistants. And Mm -hmm. that was the day that I knew that I was totally burned out and out of control and something had to change. Mm -hmm. And so that was when I got a coach, a relationship coach who helped me really build the skills to have an amazing marriage and um, build a life that I love. 
how did you decide to get a relationship coach? And, and I kind of want to back up a little bit because just wanted to make a comment that I think in general, and this is, um, you know, podcast for primarily for all women, um, it's really challenging for women to really compartmentalize. I find sometimes, you know, if my husband and I are arguing or whatever, he's totally fine. You'll go to work and have no issues, but I'll go to work and it's like it's simmering in the back of my mind and I'm constantly thinking about it. And then I have a bad day because I'm, you know, I've had, you know, bad issues going on with, with my relationship. So anyway, go on. Yeah, I totally think that's true because we, as women, we, we are heartfelt creatures. Like we just feel everything. Um, and men, they're like one track mind. They can yes. only hold one thing at, at a time. Yes. We're the multitaskers. And, you know, I think it's the reason why more women deal with burnout because, well, for so many reasons, right. Mm-hmm. But, um, there's this, there's a sense of mental exhaustion that's mm-hmm. also a part of burnout because even if we're not physically doing everything, mm-hmm. there's the mental exhaustion of having to pay attention. Like, oh my gosh, does my kid have enough clothes? Do I need to do the laundry? Do I need to go pick up something from the grocery store? This needs to get done. That needs to, like our minds are always carrying all of these tasks, even if we're not physically doing it, right? we are mentally holding the space for those tasks. And so Uh, You know, and the studies that talk about burnout, you know, they really make that distinction that it is the physical burnout and the mental exhaustion and emotional exhaustion that happens with burnout. So, yeah, I mean, maybe if we were more simplistic (laughs) or simple minded, maybe we'd uh, cope better. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. So, so then talk us through, so you went to a relationship coach. Why, how did you discover a relationship coach as opposed to marriage counseling or therapy or, or anything like that? I probably found it the same way that most other people find <laughs> by Googling in the middle of the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Was oh, it life-changing? <laughs> and this is what came up. So, yeah. um, Yeah. And you know, the interesting thing about it is, so as a professional, you know, woman, and I think many women in that category can relate to us that we, a lot of times don't want to be vulnerable and ask for help, Mm -hmm. but we're really good at giving help, right. As physicians, caretakers, like we're always giving help, giving advice and serving others. And it can be hard to ask for help. So Mm -hmm. the reality is, is I actually didn't hire a relationship coach. That's not how it worked for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually got an email months later from that same company that I had found online one night. And it was just like, Hey, do you want to get help in your marriage and help other people? Yeah, I do become a relationship coach. (laughs) This reminds me of one of those late night ads, right? So you became a coach, but this reminds me when those, like when you're up really late at two in the morning watching TV and then, you know, those ads, like oh, late yeah. ads come on and you're like, yeah, I really need that weird five exactly. pot thing <laughs> that you never use. Exactly. So you, you saw that and you decided to become a relationship coach yourself. Exactly. Okay. Um, but the great thing is that in the training to become a relationship coach, you end up getting coached. And so it, it was a twofer. Um, it changed my marriage and it gave me the skills to help other women change their marriages. Great. And so um, I forgot to mention in the very beginning, so you are a PM&R physician, and, uh, but you are also a coach and you also do energy work, correct? 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you find the balance right now doing all those things. So, you know, what? I like to say that um, they're all in my medicine bag, you know, and so that is something that um, I feel like is my superpower and makes me a really good PM&R doctor. Because with PM&R, um, it's hard to describe to people what it is because we kind of do a bit of everything. We touch every organ system with the end goal of improving quality of life, you know, and whatever you need, we'll service you. You know, you're having bowel and bladder issues, we'll take care of that. You're having skin issues, we'll take care of that. Muscle, bone, nerve, lymphatics, like we really take care of the whole person whatever needs to happen for them to have the best quality of life. And so in the same way, that's how I approach my coaching, that I have all these tools as a physician. Um, I have all these tools as a coach because I'm a relationship coach, but I'm also um, an NLP coach as well. So I do a lot of mindset and subconscious work with people. And I have a lot of tools that are more of the energy realm, you know? So like I do acupressure with people, I do Reiki, I'm a Reiki master. I'm also uh, trained in Akashic Records as a consultant. So I really have the opportunity to really hear what their problem is mm -hmm. and tune into what they need. And that's the same skill that I use as a physician every day as well. So I know when I used to try to tell people what I did as the doctor, and I think it still holds true now is that I used to say, I'm a lifestyle architect because I just have a way of knowing like, okay, this is where you are. Mm -hmm. These are the goals that you want. This is where you want to get to. And I just have this way of like really seeing the person and seeing what needs to shift and happen to get them to that goal. And so I just take the same approach in coaching as well. That's excellent. And I love that analogy. It kind of makes me feel like, like we're each kind of like a puzzle. And, and you put all the puzzle pieces together with all that you do. I love that. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to find out a little bit. And, and for a lot of people, we don't really know what energy work exactly means. Can you expand on that a little bit uh, for those of us who aren't sure? Sure. So, I mean, energy medicine is kind of a catch-all phrase for anything that um, looks at the body uh, from an energy perspective. Um, and let's just say, first of all, like everything is energy, right? Cause we could say energies, medicine is way over here, but at the end of the day, it's like the only way that we know that life exists is when we hear that heartbeat on ultrasound, mm -hmm. which is the energy first kicking in, mm -hmm. you know, very early on, right? So that energy is what lets us know that we're alive. It's what allows, you know, as a rehab doctor, I know that to move any muscle, it's really about energy connecting between the nerves and the muscles and the mind all working together. And so it all happens through energy. Um, in traditional medicine, we tend to discount how much energy affects the person. Whereas in a complementary and alternative medicine, such as like acupuncture, Reiki, um, and different modalities like that, that's where they really focus on that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think acupuncture is the most commonly understood um, type of energy medicine. And what it looks at, it looks at all the, the, the 12 uh, meridians in the mm -hmm. body and um, how energy flows through that. And we can, based on your symptoms, we can see which 
meridians and meridians are pathways of energy are blocked. Mm -hmm. Another way you can look at energy is if you look at the chakra system and that's mm -hmm. like the seven basic chakras um, and each chakra has a different effect. And mm -hmm. so based again on your symptoms, we can also tell which chakra is having issues and needs to be addressed. Um, and so Reiki will look at that. Um, and then we can also tap into the intuition, which is a little bit different from medicine, from energy medicine, but I kind of consider it in the a similar realm of alternative medicine, where we really delve into the subconscious. Mm -hmm. And so things like Akashic record reading and doing different NLP concepts really says, it, it's really focused on getting to the root cause. Because unfortunately, as you know, in medicine, we tend to deal a lot more with the superficial symptoms. Correct. But, you know, the reality is, is that a lot of medical issues, in my opinion, arises from undealt with emotional conflicts, mm -hmm. which really emotions are just energy in motion. And so if we can get to the root causes in the subconscious, then we can really deal with the root issues. And so... I combine all those different aspects um, for whatever needs my patients have. And, you know, it's just interesting. It's just a very different way of looking at the whole body. And like you mentioned in Western medicine, we're just so used to treating the symptoms and yes, adding a bunch of medications just to kind of get to that ideal number, ideal lab and not really addressing the underlying issues. I mean, you could have two patients with the exact same diagnoses, but you know, be completely different in terms of what, whatever it is that's underlying, you know? So I think it's just a very different way. And I think that many people nowadays, hopefully there is a shift, I think with all the new types that or the new fields of medicine that are out there addressing these issues. And it's interesting just because I think that, um, when you talk about Eastern medicine and the meridians and the chi and all that stuff, acupuncture, I mean, it's been around for centuries. And, um, and so for, for a lot of people, in who do practice Eastern medicine on the other side of the world, it's stuff that, you know, they've, they've known or they're dealt with for a long time. And for us, it's very new. And I think it's just a shift. So I think it's great that you're doing, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, and so I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because I know that your, your topic was self-love and acceptance. So I'd like to kind of delve into that a little bit and get some understanding as to why you picked those words. So I think you did the great transition because, <laughs> because I was going to say, I mean, how I really made that holistic shift was when I realized how self-love was the key to healing. Mm -hmm. And as I was going through the coaching program, I was actually coaching my patients too. So I was just like, oh my gosh, this is transforming lives. I got to start using this on my patients. So not only did it change my marriage, it changed me, but it changed how I doctored. And so, you know, I was already the TLC doctor to begin with and had close relationships with my patients. But once I started incorporating coaching skills, it just went so much deeper, you know, like patients were telling me so much more of the story, you know, and, um, what I realized um, in doing the coaching is that I kept having this nagging feeling like there's an elephant in the room. 
I just feel this elephant in the room. Like, what is this? And I kept feeling it. It kept coming up over and over and over again with different patients, totally different diagnoses, you know, cause I was seeing chronic pain patients. I was seeing cancer patients. Um, and eventually it hit me and I had my aha moment. And I was like, that's it. Because I felt like I was looking into a mirror and couldn't really understand like what I was really seeing. But what I realized is that, you know, when it's hard to admit it, but when you finally get gut honest with yourself and you can really be real and say, you know what, I don't love and treat myself and value myself the way that I should. Mm -hmm. Like once you're able to be honest with yourself about that, then it opens your eyes to see it in other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's what opened my eyes. And I realized that the elephant in the room was always self-love. Mm-hmm. And when I started addressing the issue of self-love, instead of prescribing a new medication for their pain, instead of sending them to a new therapist, instead of you know whatever else, you know, doing a procedure, instead I said, you know what, before we do anything different, I'm going to guide you on how to create a self-love practice for yourself, which is a self-care practice. I like calling it Mm self-love. And I'd have them come back working on that and establishing a self-love practice for themselves. And when they'd come back a few weeks later, all of them came back with significantly lower pain levels. Some of them completely, you know, their pain disappeared. Mm-hmm. Some of them stopped taking their narcotics. And on top of that, yeah. they're like, and I feel so much happier. I'm not arguing with my husband and my kid as much. And by the way, I got a raise at work and a promotion, like everything in their life really started shifting. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I realized the power of self-love, mm-hmm. that it's not just affecting our relationship with ourselves, but it affects our relationship with our bodies and our health. It reflects, it affects our relationship with our partners and it affects our relationship with our money. Mm-hmm. And so when we heal that primary relationship, because that's what I'm all about, getting to the root cause of the issues, it has that ripple effect. And so self-love or self-care for me is the foundation of all healing. And you know, I have a book that's coming out soon and that is a lot of what I talk about in that book about self-love being the foundation. And, you know, I always say love is medicine and it starts with you. For sure. I mean, you can't, that's what they always say. You got to put on your oxygen mask first. So you can't take care of other people unless you take care of yourself. And the one thing that I remember in in a lot of the readings that I have been doing is that, um, you know, you want to treat yourself like you would treat a good friend. So what would you tell your good friend if your friend, if your good friend was suffering, you know? And so if, and that's something that I take with me and uh, it's really challenging, especially for women to practice that self-love, self-compassion. And it's something that I personally struggle with as well. You know, I think it's something that we all struggle with as well. I think if we have an X gene, (laughs) (laughs) we're probably suffering from, if we have two of them, Yes, (laughs) but, um, but you know, I, I try to let women know that it's not like a yes or no sort of answer. Like, do you love yourself or do you not? It's really all shades of gray and we can mm-hmm. always improve our level of self-love and self-compassion. And so um, there's no one that this wouldn't help. Yeah. 
And so tell me about the second word that you chose, which was acceptance. So when we, so self-love, in my opinion, is really about just caring for yourself, nurturing yourself, making yourself a priority. Mm -hmm. um, but self-acceptance is having compassion for yourself. It's being willing to be imperfect and love yourself in its imperfectness and despite its imperfection, uh, which can be very difficult um, for high achieving women because we are, we, you know, we kind of live in this perfectionist goal. Um, but the reality is, is that there's no endpoint and you never hit it. And if you have to be perfect to love yourself, then you never do. Mm -hmm. And so it's being willing to say that you're not perfect mm -hmm. and be okay with that, you know, and be willing to laugh at yourself and laugh at your imperfections and just say, hey, you know, this didn't quite go the way that I wanted to. I'm not exactly where I'd love to be, but I love who I am and I am grateful for where I am and where I've, you know, how far I've come. Um, because when we can accept ourselves, that's when we are, we can live at our truest potential. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of what I saw a lot of in my patients and in my clients that in seeing their potential and just talking to them as if they had already achieved their potential, it allowed them to really transcend, um, and really inspire them to greater heights because oftentimes we talk down to um, people's potentials, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Like we, we have low expectations and we, we see, we focus on people's mistakes and we see, you know, we focus on their shortcomings and how they're not enough. Mm -hmm. um, but when we can really strive to see their potential for greatness, people always step up to the plate. And um, in doing so, people stepped up to the plate for themselves. Um, and so that was how people started getting raises because when you see yourself as worthy, mm -hmm. the world changes around you. Well, um, a lot of that negative talk, I think comes from a place of fear. You absolutely. Know? So, I've absolutely. been there. How, how many of us have been there? <laughs> oh, every one of us. And, you know, I even use an acronym, you know, because fear is really false evidence appearing real. And so when we can learn to just be observance of our thoughts and just say, yeah, like just be curious, not judgmental about our thoughts, but just be curious, um, you know, appreciate our thoughts because it's really just our ego mind trying to protect us. Our thoughts will kill, kill us. That's what my coach says to me all the time. Nothing's going to happen with your thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we just say, thank, thank you. Thank you, ego, for, for trying to protect me. I don't agree with this. And, um, you know, I tell my clients to say, bye, Felicia, not today. <laughs> I mean, and it's good. immediately you. throw in an affirmation that totally counteracts that. Because <laughs> you want to empower, you know, you want to feel empowered. And so you don't want to be bogged down by all this fear and negative talk. And, you know, it, it just, it just weighs you down. It does. Um, and you know what? I do want to make a point because I think so many of us high achieving women, we don't even realize how negative we can be. Cause I know for me, um, I was like, I know I'm not a negative person. <laughs> I'm a glass half full person. I always think of like, you know, I'm always a positive person. People always see me laughing, smiling. For others like, though, 
but for others, right? Well, the interesting thing is, you know, I didn't feel like I had a lot of negative talk, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I didn't have self-talk that was like, you're horrible. You're, you know, like those weren't my thoughts. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't relate to this. But then, um, you know, I did a challenge, which I challenge all my clients to do is go 24 hours without complaining. And that was when I realized, oh my gosh, I am so negative. (laughs) I can't even get through an hour, you know? (laughs) And so negative thoughts doesn't have to be like, you're stupid. Negative thoughts can just be pondering on things that aren't, you know, just complaining. Um, It can be like when you're judging other people, Mm -hmm. even if they're not directed at you, it's still negativity. Because the reality is, is that the world we see is a mirror to ourselves. And so the things that we notice and respond to and have a reaction to, they mirror us in some way. It's either a part of ourselves that we hate, a part of ourselves that we love, a part of ourselves like, like we wish we could be more like. So even if you're critical to others and complaining about others, it's still a reflection of you. And so that was a big jump that I had to to make and realize it's all negativity. And I think that's part of the process too. I think the more that you work with coaching or even therapy, the more insight you have, because I mean, I definitely recognize that I, I can be very negative and my, the thing that I always say is, oh my gosh, I have to do everything in this house. <laughs> How many times have, have we said that as women or, or, or moms or, or yes. wives, you know? And I mean, I think part of it is recognizing it and it is a process. And so, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we're not definitely not perfect and don't strive to be perfect. But I think recognizing those negative thoughts when they come up is, is really important. Um, so we are running out of time. I told you it'd be really fast. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but I do, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned your book. So I definitely want to hear a little bit more about your book and also how people can contact you if they want to find out more about your coaching services or all the, all, all the interesting things that you have coming up. Awesome. Well, they can go to my website um, to order the book or pre-order the book um, at Unleash thehealingwithin.com. Again, unleashthehealingwithin.com. And that's actually the title of the book, Unleash the Healing Within, um, how to not allow things outside of you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The book is Unleash the Healing Within. (laughs) Unleash Um, the Healing Within is your book. Got it. Yes. Um, and it's great because I talk about seven types of medicine. You know, I think as doctors, we always go to medicines and pill bottles or medicines in needles, syringes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I talk about seven types of other medicines, uh, non-traditional medicines that have a huge impact on healing and that can heal every area of your life, um, with self-love being one of the most important and so check me out, unleashthehealingwithin.com. Um, you can also find out information about my different coaching programs, or if you want to see me in a health capacity, because I do have a um, holistic health practice as well, where I incorporate the energy practices um, for uh, pain relief. Um, you can connect with me on Facebook, um, my name, Moosley LeBlanc on Facebook. 
on Twitter, I'm LeBlanc uh, underscore Mo, and Instagram, I'm Dr. underscore Mo underscore LeBlanc. Um, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'd love to connect. Awesome. Dr. Mo, it was so much fun chatting with you. It's so exciting to have your book published as well and all the things that you're doing. I don't know how you're balancing all the things that you're doing, but very exciting. And I know that you and I will connect um, offline as well. So I will definitely leave all of the links um, as far as how to find you on my show notes and on the blog. And I will hopefully be able to release this on YouTube. So I'll also post the link to that as well. All right. Well, it was nice chatting with you. Thank you, Dr. Day. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wish Well podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and follow along every week for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at wishwell.health and at our website, wishwell.health.blog. Until next time, I wish you health and I wish you wellness.